One of the biggest lessons that I have ever learned as someone living outside of the country where I grew up is the subtle culture-defined differences in the way that people see themselves and the way that they relate to the world around them. So from the outside, and maybe without the benefit of time, it can, it can almost be imperceptible. But from the inside, it can start to become quite clear how much we don't know about people who lead similar lives to us, who speak the same language even, and who some of which who hold many of the very same values and ideals that we do just from a slightly different point of reference. Hello all, it is Shara Carruthers here, and you are listening to the Live Like You Love Yourself podcast, an exploration of the simple, complex, and everyday ways that yoga shows up in our minds, bodies, and world. And if you are someone who practices or teaches yoga, I have a question for you. Have you ever thought about how folks halfway around the world might be doing that too, might be teaching and practicing yoga. You know, I think mostly we assume that things like yoga have a pretty standard way of rolling out, you know, much like the way that a McDonald's hamburger is pretty much the same no matter where in the world you have it. But our guest today assures us that cultural differences in the ways that we engage in practices like yoga have the power and the potential to truly expand and connect us. So, Very recently, I've been quite impressed with the way that Yoga Alliance has embraced the themes of equity and inclusion and acknowledgement of the diversity of the yoga community and the many ways that yoga is practiced, not just inside of the U.S., um, but around the world. It seems to me that they've significantly updated their code of ethics and they've created spaces for discussion around issues of difference and accessibility and social justice. And I got to say, for an organization that has truly suffered in the past from the perception that they just aren't doing enough, I've been surprised and even a little excited by the vision and action from Yoga Alliance, especially because I haven't seen a lot like this level of engagement and commitment coming from similar organizations around the world. And so we reached out to Maya Breuer, who is the Vice President of Cross-Cultural Advancement at Yoga Alliance and the host of the Unity in Yoga podcast, to hear about how she came into this interesting role that she's currently playing in the world and why she believes the level of commitment and action that we are currently seeing at Yoga Alliance is truly necessary in the U.S. and around the world. And we also, as we do, we also got the chance to dive into Maya's history, personal history as a woman of color in yoga from way back and how we got to hear how her yoga has been an important motivating and connecting force in her life since the time she started right up until the present day. So this was a a fun and enlightening conversation with a woman who is making a difference in the world through yoga and through living like she loves herself, which is something that we touch on at the end. So please, please enjoy this conversation that Lucy and I had with Maya Breuer. Hello, everyone. It's Shara Carruthers here, and I am so happy to be here with my podcast co-host, Lucy Carnani, and our guest today, Maya Breuer. 
Hi, both of you. How are you today? Very well. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so happy to have you here as well. Lucy, how are you today? I am doing very well, too. I'm excited to be sitting here with Maya. Very yeah. excited. Yeah. Yes. Maya, for I have been following your work for years and years now. And I think most recently, um, the work that you've been doing with, uh, with Yoga Alliance as Vice President of Cross-Cultural Advancement, which sounds really exciting. And of course, I, we, we want to talk all about that. But I've got, I have a question about the kind of the state of the nation or the state of the, of the yoga world with respect to diversity. Uh, I wanted to get a sense from you about your thoughts around that. Like, um, is, is yoga currently a reflection of the world that we live in? Or um, is it a model for the world to follow with respect to diversity? Well, <clears throat> I think that yoga has historically been uh, a majority uh, practice where you didn't see much diversity through the years. If I go back 30 years, that's what I saw, just me and few others. But I think at this point in time, people are doing yoga and that's all people. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had, recently I've worked with uh, a woman who is teaching yoga and training teachers in the uh, indigenous community, in indigenous tribes all over the country. And of course, um, I started the Black Yoga Teachers Alliance and that particular organization just grew like wildfire. And it, I'm not working with them, but it's thriving. Mm -hmm. And there are teachers of all color teaching. And I think there are still the barriers you know, the barriers, because I don't always see someone who looks like me if I live in a certain area. I may not find a studio near me. I may not, you know, uh, I may not get motivated to do yoga because I don't understand it. But I think all of those things are in a state of flux. <clears throat> and one of the last year I was asked to do an article and it was about what's happening with the people of color and yoga during the pandemic. That wasn't the title, but that was the, the thrust of it. And I spoke to about 10 people of color who taught yoga. And one thing that was consistent among them was that more people are coming to yoga because they're offering it virtually. Mm. So some rub about going to the studios. And, you know, I, I think that we're at a precipice where we're gonna take off, right off of that precipice and, and that the landscape of yoga is gonna change and it's gonna look like the three of us. <laughs> you know, it's going to be um, for everyone because that was the, the uh, intent of this ancient practice. You know, what yoga is for all. And one of the things that's happening at Yoga Alliance this year, we started a program called the Teaching for Equity Program, which provides stipends to teachers who offer free classes in marginalized communities. Can I get a woot woot? You <laughs> 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 need a woot woot on that. For sure. And so what's exciting is we've had teachers from all over the globe apply for the program. And we did one cohort 
um, which was fabulous. We started with 25 and our second cohort now has 50 teachers. Wow. And so those 50 teachers are, are from all over the world and they're teaching in marginalized communities. And it's just for Yoga Alliance, this is a very exciting program and it goes along with the mission that we have to create greater equity in yoga. And, you know, and of course I say equity and I, I'm talking about inclusivity, accessibility, you know, all of those, those monikers that come back to making yoga more diverse and welcome to all. Maya, can I ask a, a question? I, I think you were instrumental in doing a similar thing at, at Kripalu, is that, is that correct? Oh, that's true, that is true. Yeah. You know, yeah, I started, I was, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, I was, uh, I studied at Kripalu and I was very involved at Kripalu for a number of years and I saw the growth of that program and it was amazing there. So is it a similar, in a similar vein, but. It's course. in a similar vein. Um, uh, you know, like when I was working, um, I was, a, I was on the a trustee at Kripalu <clears throat> started this. Most recently, I'd say within the last six months, the president of Kripalu contacted me to tell me that the program is still thriving. Yeah, and fantastic. that's almost yeah. 20 years ago yeah. that the program started at Kripalu. So that's called Teaching for Diversity. Mm-hmm. And this is Teaching for Equity, but they have slightly different uh, slants to them, you know, because Yoga Alliance is Yoga Alliance and Kripalu is Kripalu. But the the line is we support any individual to go and but the individual must have taught in a marginalized community we're not setting people up to begin but those who are familiar and comfortable and have been doing it and that includes we have uh, people who I'm talking now about yoga alliance we have people who are are, have have disabilities we have um, you know uh, people who have issues with, um, they're not issues, but they're agenda biases. We offer courses to everyone who would fit into the category of marginalized. Or the other other way we describe it is uh, traditionally not included in yoga. Hmm. You know, Great so, languaging. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it be wonderful? I wonder, and I guess this is your vision is that it's a world where everybody's included in yoga. I mean, if you can breathe, you can do yoga. Oh, it's my yeah. personal vision. Yes, indeed. You know, I started yoga in the early 80s, and there really, you know, it was fairly new here. And, you know, people would say, Are you doing yogurt? <laughs> that was a, <laughs> with my friends. And, um, but I was, you know, as I moved on, I would notice that I'm at the Yoga Journal Conference and there's very few people. There's a 900 people there. I would be presenting and there's like 25 people of color mm. and I would do workshops. And I was like, where are we? And that's that motivated me to do the yoga retreat for women of color because Kripala was supportive of my vision. And I started that program in 1999. And that program is still still functioning. Um, And we've done several virtual 
uh, yoga retreats for women of color. And we'll be back at Kripalu in July. Congratulations. That yeah. is So because yeah. I work with Yoga Alliance, I have a director now. Her name is Keisha Battles. Oh. And uh, she's and in Keisha. Yeah, she's in Charlotte and she directs the, the yoga retreat for women of color. So, you know, my my thing has been it would be so beneficial to people of color because yeah. of diabetes, hypertension, obesity. Um, they're just a plethora of illnesses that yoga can help. You know, when I started yoga, my um, sister in particular called it devil worship. Mm. You know, she was really worried. You know, she was very Christian woman. And did she didn't visit me for quite a while. And um, other people were fearful. But, you know, I continued practicing teaching. I went to India. I studied more. I studied in the United States. And over time, my family saw that it wasn't making doing anything to me mm -hmm. and were able to, you know, come to yoga. Um, when I, before I joined Yoga Alliance, I had a studio and I remember bringing my mother and my aunt to yoga. And of course, my mother is, she's a typical church lady and she kept her hat on. <laughs> while while but, she did yoga. <laughs> yeah, she kept, she had a red, she kept her red hat on through yoga. She also, she, she kept talking to my aunt, you know, throughout the, through the whole thing. But, but, you know, I have um, seen my family really grow and change because of yoga. And my sister, who is still a, 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 a born-again Christian, um, practices yoga. You know, so I know that it can heal and help everyone. Mm. Um, you know, and when I think of the challenges of the indigenous people and, um, you know, just the challenges of uh, with having poverty and having such a um, challenge with alcoholism and abuse. And, you know, yoga doesn't come in and clean up the issue at hand. It changes your consciousness so that you make room for help to come or you make room to open your heart to change. And that's what I love, you know, about this metaphysical practice of yoga. What yeah, it I gives to the individual. Go ahead, Chara. Yeah, Chara. sure. I, I feel as though, you know, yoga is particularly well um, as a practice. Well, I, suited isn't necessarily the word I mean, but it's, so, it's particularly well suited to, to marginalized populations just in that it's a practice that, you know, as you said, people can practice at home, they can practice in their own way, they can, it's, they can access it, it's, it's, you know, to some degree it can be easily accessible. And I wonder about, um, I'm, I'm quite interested in your, um, in your yoga retreat for women of color, especially when I think about the challenges of, for women of color, uh, you know, you talked about some of the health challenges, but there's also kind of these mental and emotional challenges associated with, for women of color, you know, in terms of what we believe our role in the world is, and then what other folks believe our role in the world is. And I wonder, you know, 
from having done this retreat for so many years, what have you learned? Have you, you know, what have you learned about, um, yeah, what have you learned? Oh, well, I have learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, um, I'd say one of, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of the history. I was reading Bell Hooks, um, Sisters of the Yam. Mm -hmm. And in that book, she's at a college and a lot of her students of color are really struggling with different issues, mm -hmm. feeling less than, feeling that they must be perfect, feeling that they must, um, you know, work hard. Mm -hmm. And she, she sort of opened something for me because she, op she put a light on and I realized that yoga is the remedy that could have helped all of those different stories that she told. And she was using you know, uh, important tools like relaxation. Uh, I think there was even breathing. I don't believe she spoke about yoga, but I knew it was in, in, the, in the midst of what she was saying. And I, I had a dream and my grandmother, because I was hesitant to do the yoga retreat for women of color. I was afraid, just fear. So um, my, I had a dream. My grandmother said, just do it, do it and uh, give the women the retreat. Or did she said, bring the women or call the women, something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I did, but what I've learned is that there are many things that trouble us. And one of them is the way we are shown or demonstrated or seen to be so strong and that we can handle just about anything. And that doesn't mean that many of us don't, but we all don't need to have that t-shirt on. You know what I mean? We, we, are, we are individual human beings who have very different uh, behaviors, attitudes, ways of being that, uh, that are us. And I, you know, we want to be seen as individuals who have some have weaknesses, some have, uh, you know, who are, who are joyful. I'll just I'll just tell you about the women I know. You know they're joyful, they're spiritual, they're quiet, they're uh, um, angry, they're not angry, <laughs> they're purposeful, they're driven, they're not driven, they're um, you know brainy, they're intellectual, they're calm, they're uh, they can easily support. You know, so that's the the myriad. Ways to describe women of color. We are not just strong, and we are not just doers. And I had so many people through the years come through and talk about how they wanted to be seen. And um, I'll tell you that during the retreat, like when I did the first retreat, I did the whole entire retreat, and I had 108 women, which was shocking. And it was just me. I didn't have any people with me. Wow. And I did the three-day retreat. And when I got home, I was in bed for two days. That, that's how tired I was. So then I realized I can offer this retreat, but I can bring in other people who have areas of, of specialty where they can teach a specific thing. So then I started to design the retreat around myself and three presenters. 
And so, you know, it, and Kripala was very supportive of me bringing also um, several assistants. So it, it just grew to this, I had this posse with me that, you know, we've offered everything from grief, uh, workshops on grief, workshops on obesity, workshops on creativity, workshops on speaking your truth, workshops on being, being creative, workshops uh, releasing anger. Uh, I always include dance. Um, so one of the three is always a dance instructor. And then every on um, Saturday night when we gather, we have a talking stick ritual and it's in the native tradition. Mm -hmm. So we listen and whoever's in the center talks and it's about anything, you know? So I once had a woman who was in the center and she talked about her life in Rwanda. And it was during the challenges that Rwanda was having. And it was like, oh, you know, it hit you right in the chest. Have women, women have stood up and talked about breast cancer, um, COPD, diabetes, and overcoming it or not overcoming it. I've had women come in wheelchairs. I read before the pandemic, I had a woman who was there on a scooter, you know, and, you know, one of those drop. And every Saturday we do the talking stick ritual. But after that, we just dance and move and breathe, et cetera. And so I remember I went over to, to change the music. And when I looked back around, the woman who had come in on the scooter was in the front of the dance line. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know how she got healed so quickly, but you know, she, she didn't stay off it all the time, but she got off that scooter to move a little. And, and uh, so healing happens in the moment because I think of the community, because of the truth, because of the spirit that we invite in to support us. Because I'm a praying woman, so I begin the, the yoga retreat for women of color, you know, praying in the space and making offerings in the space so that when we come, you know, we've got spirit there and that's good spirit to see us through the weekend. That's beautiful. Yeah. They sound marvelous. And you said they're starting again in July at Kripalu? Yes, uh, there, there's going to be one July 29th to 31st. Yeah, we'll make sure to include the links for that. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's what is striking me about this is uh, this experience that you're just that you're describing is the simplicity of it. And what's also what's what's hitting me is my own experiences of being in circle, my own experiences of being with other black, other you know women of color, with you know other women, and that yeah. that feeling of particularly with other women of color, that feeling of just my nervous system just going, huh, just relaxing completely, so very deeply, knowing that I'm around other people who have you know a similar experience to me in life, perhaps. Um, and so for that, I can see these, these, uh, you know, these events being especially powerful for people, but given where we are in the world, you know, with, with the pandemic, we're kind of coming off of that, but still, I think there's a whole lot that we have left to process around this pandemic. 
it's really interesting. And what I can, what I see or what I imagine being especially powerful is exactly what you've talked about, this community, you know, this, this idea of Sangha and our ability, especially because we're so disconnected, our ability to connect to each other, you know, in yeah. some way. But I, it, I see it, that as being a lot of the medicine. Sorry, go ahead. I think that's medicine too. You know, mm. even though we are, we're all in different places, we're connecting and having a moment. And when I started doing being, a, I work virtually, when I first started being uh, vir virtual, I, I, I was wondering if I could get through. And mm -hmm. now when I'm doing things, I feel people and they feel me. I don't know how that happens. I don't either. Yeah, I've been Another too. Yeah. You notice that too? Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. I run circles. I run listening circles and, and, uh, and I do a lot of work in the area of holding space and, uh, and sharing um, some of the um, component parts and complexities of holding space for diverse communities. And I was very, uh, and sorry, and, and also um, conscious communication is my kind of you know um, the umbrella and the big focus for me in the yoga world and I was very skeptical when the pandemic started about taking all of that online extremely and I, it's just it's, I've been blown away by the connections possible it's incredible mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's a good you <laughs> I'm glad it's you had the experience too yeah yeah from around the world too you know with people yes. from around the world yeah different times of the day and seasons of the year and all that sort of stuff but when you come into circle when you come into that one place with the right intention and with it spiritually you know um informed or charged as you mentioned i i think magic happens healing happens yeah yes sure. magic mm. does happen yeah. yeah i wanted to just share a little bit about the since you mentioned the pandemic, you know, at the time of the pandemic, um, Yoga Alliance set up a program which is called Eka Recovery. And that was a program that provided stipends to yoga teachers. Mm -hmm. And it was really needed, you know, because at the start of the pandemic, studios closed, everyone was on lockdown, and, you know, there was teachers were, were, were in, in grave difficulty. And I'm just so proud that Yoga Alliance took it, you know, looked at it, looked at the situation and rose to the occasion to share uh, um, support. I mean, to share and support yoga teachers throughout the world. So the Eka Recovery Program has been really something else and, and it's provided um, a great deal of financial support to yoga teachers. And I think that, you know, I say kudos. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking you know, my hat off. <laughs> I have been so impressed with Yoga Alliance, you know, of, of late. I've been a member of Yoga Alliance for, you know, more than a decade. And, yes. you know, of late, I've been incredibly impressed with all of the, the work and the focus that they're doing around, uh, you know, building awareness around diversity and equity and inclusion, the work that they're doing around, um, around it feels like actively, you know, engaging members in making the changes that they need to make, or at least being aware of the ethic, you know, ethics associated with 
you know, building a more fair and equitable world and all of the work that you're doing as well. You know, I'm, I'm really impressed because it feels very much like Yoga Alliance is kind of becoming very much a, the leader that we've always wanted them to be in the yoga world around this, uh, around this subject. Yes, Truly you know, building I, a sangha. Yeah. Yes, I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. And um, one of the, 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 re, the rationales for, um, for supporting our community is that they are our community. Mm-hmm. They are members, you know, so we, we support them. And, you know, some of the changes have been to include education, commu- continuing education, as well as other works that educate people and raise awareness about different aspects of yoga and also about equity, diversity, inclusion, and accessibility. So that has been um, joyous to be with an organization that sees the importance of that. And one other thing um, that I have worked on with with Yoga Alliance is the um, working with the international community. And these are international members and a few of them. So for example, if I have a group, they're 90% are members and 10% might not be, but they're a yoga teacher from an international community. And once um, I started this before the pandemic and I was offering three conversations a day, not every day, just once a month, (laughs) people from all over, all over the world. Um, And we paused everything. And now we we started back up in September offering, um, we changed the title to International Gathering Sangha. And it has been just um, mind-boggling to learn about yoga and how it's taught in different parts of the world and you know the, the theories that support teaching it as in a Muslim country um, like Ethiopia where it's taught very differently, almost as a meditation. And then it's just wonderful to learn the, the challenges the barriers, the the lift, the, the lift me ups, the joys that people experience teaching yoga throughout the world. And um, we're having people drop into our conversations. So it's exciting that um, there's such a need for this. And I'm so happy that we're building, we're building this, you know, international gathering sangha. My, how do people get involved in that if yeah. they want to? Um, well, um, I can, I can send you an invitation and I can send you the link. Great. Now we have the same link that we use where people can come in. The date changes every month, but the link stays the same. Okay. Yeah. That would be great. Actually. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, as a, as a, I'm an American, but I live overseas. I live in Australia. And uh, and so I get a clear I get a clearer sense of the experience of the you know the, the international person, and you know, a lot of activity Yoga Alliance is obviously based in the U.S., uh, but it isn't it is a global organization it is an international organization and it and it has a um, you know to to some degree I think people overseas and definitely are holding Yoga Alliance as you know kind of the peak body for yoga. And so it's really nice to see something that's focused on these, inter- on, you know, those of us who are kind of oh, out here, or over yes. here, it, it really is lovely to see this as well as that. Yeah. There's just, 
you know, as you've said, there's such a, uh, a variety of different, you know, cultures and experiences around yoga and just the beauty of being able to share those and hear what people have to say. Um, right. I'm excited and, you know, about this. Go oh, good. Yeah. And there are needs, um, like, for example, in Papua New Guinea, they have mm -hmm. a lot of challenges in there because of the poverty and the government supports teaching yoga. And um, so one of the, um, I forget, Fazio, Fazila Bazari was our guest and she shared photos of people studying yoga with her and there were hundreds of people. And uh, you know, it was, it was amazing how large the classes are. Um, when she was on the session, I said, well, how large are your classes? And I asked another woman and she's like, we start at 50. And it seems that classes in different parts of the world are larger and many of them are taught out of doors. You know, I shouldn't say that. I can't generalize because every country is so different, but it has been uh, inspiring. Uh, and it, it solidifies my premise, not my premise, but my knowing that yoga is for all, no matter where you are. Um, that would be great to have that information. I personally would love to start attending those. That sounds very oh, good. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I have yes, clients so, uh, around the world in Europe and in the US and uh, Australia, obviously. And um, yes, I'm, I, I always have to, most of these are, are mentees and I, I actually have to hold myself back from wanting to ask them more questions about yoga in their country and what's actually happening because I'm there for them as an individual. Um, but it's always so fascinating because it is different for all the right reasons. And there's so much to learn, so much to learn. So It is. Uh, and I, I work with... Uh, I work with two gentlemen. One is in Kenya and one is, Peru, was, is in Peru. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have their perspectives as I'm building this. And they're sort of consulting with Yoga Alliance, but they're also uh, long, avid yoga teachers. I shouldn't mm -hmm. say long because they're younger men, younger than me, but they, um, they're, they're just active and carry in that energy that, Sometimes you need to bring in the old and the new to move a, a new thought forward. So I'm pleased to have them. Uh, one is Salim Rollins and the other is Francisco Morales Bermudez. Uh, just in case they hear the podcast, I'm giving them a shout out. <laughs> oh, yeah. If they've got any links to it, we'll find them and we'll add them to the, to the Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I think... I, I love the title that you hold within Yoga Alliance, Vice President of Cross-Cultural Advancement. And I kind of wonder, um, you know, one, what does this mean for yoga? What does this mean for you? And what's your vision for the future? Well, I think what it means for yoga is that uh, cross-cultural advancement is, is a way that the world has to move. You know, we must integrate, we must cross cultures, we must come up with a way of being that, that supports everyone and accepts everyone. And that is like, oh, and that's a pie in the sky dream. I know it is. But I believe in process and change happening through the process. So I see um, this cross cultural advancement as a process where I can be working 
with uh, teaching for equity programs, support that program, initiate that program, and then also develop international community and then work with the, um, uh, her name is Kate Herrera Jenkins, who offers the program for the indigenous people in the world. To me, that's cross-cultural. I'm, you know, and I think that's more expressive and more, um, it, it's more today than diversity, you know, cause that's, that's sort of, it's narrowed, it's not narrow, but I think it, it has that, you know, it's just one thing. And most often when you say diversity, people think about race. Mm -hmm. Think with Yoga Alliance, we want to look at culture and difference and, and integrate people, activities and things and how yoga is taught and let yoga reflect those who bring in their, everyone brings in their culture, their customs and their mores. So, you know, we created this as, as vice president, I'm, I'm a container, like I can reach over here, reach in Switzerland, you know, go to Nairobi, Kenya, um, have people come in from London, have people come in, I mean, to converse, to present, so that we've got this amazing, world community in yoga. So my vision, did you ask me what was my vision? You know, my vision is to really uh, keep, keep working to make yoga accessible to all. And, and that I include everybody. You know, I think the group that seems to be challenged most now are the my people, African-Americans and the transgender group. And I'm please forgive me if I've left your group out because I know we all need help. But those two rose up for me. You know, I think it's the murder of George Floyd and, and this whole um, shift in our, our society toward um, nationalism, you know, is making, making it challenging for, for people of color to feel right and good and comfortable. And then you know, I think bringing that all together and having it so it's it's for all of us. And with the transgender community, they suffer so with not being seen, accepted, or heard. And I think that's part of cross-cultural advancement. So I'm happy with the, the, the title. I'm happy that it, a friend of mine said to me, I can't believe you got this job and you're doing just what you were, oh, what you've been trying to do. But it's different doing it under the aegis of an organization versus just myself, um, you know, trying to move the mountain. So I got a little something, something with me now when I try to move the mountain. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. congratulations for, for having that role and for, for it. It sounds like you've, how long have you been in that role now? Uh, I've been in this role for, it, it, it's three and three quarter years. Wow. And you've done so much and during the pandemic, which is incredible. It is incredible. Yeah. 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 I mean, as we, as we kind of start to wrap things up a little, a question is, is kind of forming and, you know, what I'm hearing you talk about 
um, Maya. And what I'm what I'm seeing also in the work that you're doing is this, you know, as it relates to, to our podcast and our podcast title, this, um, you know, delivering this message that is so important for us to love ourselves, you know, and and you know whether it's you know regardless of our race or where we come from, and kind of building this. Um, not only a community, but you know, and an, an organization and energy around the world around supporting people and doing that and loving themselves. And so I, I wonder for you, what does that mean? What does it mean for you to live like you love yourself? Well, I think I'm an expert at it. <laughs> I, you know, one of the things that I learn, I have learned through yoga, is that there's a form of yoga called kriya yoga, which is to act or to do. And within Kriya Yoga, there are three tenets. One is tapas, uh, one is swadhyaya, and the other is ishvara pranidhana. So that's the foundation of, of me, you know, because I, I tapas is how do I nourish my body that ask me that question. And then swadhyaya is how do I nourish my soul? And ishvara pranidhana is let go and let the divine or God move whatever you're trying to move or see you in the moment. For example, if I'm asked to give a lecture, um, I used to be so nervous about it. And then when I learned about these three tenets, I would do my homework, get prepared, be rested. And then it was in the hands of the divine. And I wouldn't worry, you know? So it's been very, very, very positive. Like I eat well, I rest, I have great friends. I love my husband. I have a grandson who's spectacular. And I have issues and, and challenges like everybody else. But I, I seek joy. I seek harmony. I seek peace. I seek, when I was very young, um, my aunt said to me, I was moving out of the house. I had gotten married. And she said, I want to help you do a budget. And it was the family house I mean. <laughs> so I put down a budget. Now I only had $40, this is many years ago, a week. And I put down, um, I put $20 for fun. <laughs> the other 20 was, <laughs> was for food. And I remember her saying, child, <laughs> how are you gonna live? You spend $20 on fun. I'm like, but that's so important. You know, so I'll tell you, that's me. I really believe that, you know, making yourself feel good and taking good care of yourself. It is, you know, this is what yoga is about. It's finding the Atman or the self within you so that you can be nourished, so you can be whole. And it's, it's really taking your exterior view and drawing it within so that your consciousness can rise up and take good care of you as you live your life. Because it is in our life. It's not, we're not, we don't have to take care of others. I mean, family, yes, but it's all about you. If we look at, at our own lives, then we set a, set a standard to support others to live well. That's yeah, nice. and, yeah, I was going to say, and so much in the process, you are just role modeling that for, you know, with, with all of these retreats and programs that you've run over the years, I imagine you're, you have touched the lives of hundreds, if not thousands of people. 
mm-hmm. with your work. So, and now with your role at Yoga Alliance, even more so. Yeah. Truly inspirational. Indeed. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it, my work pleases me. My husband's always saying to me, you really love what you do, don't you? And I, I do. I truly do. And um, it's, it's just been a gift, a gift to have this work at Yoga Alliance and to be able to still be a part of the uh, yoga, yoga retreat for women of color. And then to just see so many things, it's like popcorn you know, popping up. This is happening in Peru. This is happening in Sweden. This is happening in Brazil, you know, and to, to know that it's all yoga and it's all good. Mm. Wow. Maya, thank you so much for the work you're doing, for who you are in the world, especially, you know, as a woman of color, for being such an amazing model uh, for all of it, all of the, tr- the qualities that you mentioned of, of women of color and of women in general. And, you know, thank you for the work that you're doing and for the space that you're holding for all of us to, to practice and to live like we love ourselves. We're really um, grateful to you for that. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be with you both. Blessings on your work, for your yeah. work. It's fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Blessings to you both. Thanks. Thank you. Namaste. Hi, everybody. This is uh, nearly a couple of weeks since we spoke to Maya, and uh, Shara and I have come together again to unpack a little bit of what we discussed with Maya and check in with each other. So, how are you today, my friend? I am doing well today. Thank you for asking. <laughs> That's my simple answer, because otherwise we'll be here all day. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. I think, um, you know, maybe with my communications hat on, but whenever people say I am and there's a long pause before Mm. their answer and they say doing really well today, it means that maybe they're not. Um, (laughs) Not to put you on the spot, but Uh, We are mid-March at the moment, and let's be honest, there's been a lot of very difficult things happening in the world, in our very own country, um, very close to where you live in in, uh, southern Queensland and, of course, the Northern Rivers area, and we both know a lot of people who've been affected very, very badly. And, yeah, so it's, uh, it's a bit of a tough time in the big old world out there at the moment, isn't it? It is. It definitely is. And I think, um, yeah, it's, I've I've been thinking about the tools that I have for being with stuff like this. And because I do remember, I can, I can remember what it feels like to kind of have this, these sorts of situations um, kind of tear you up, really burn, like really kind of tear you apart in terms of how you're feeling and what you're thinking and all the rest of it. And although I'm definitely still, still feeling a lot of what's happening. Um, I'm just really happy for the tools of yoga to kind of help me get through it and help a lot of the folks that I know who are dealing with things to get through it too, in a way that feels empowering to some degree. Yeah. 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 Good. Well, that's, uh, that's interesting because uh, what we had thought we might talk about a little bit um, is a part of the conversation that happened with Maya 
when you asked just at the end, um, Maya, what is it that you do to live like you love yourself? Mm. And it, it was funny, um, listeners, just so you know, that was sort of an off-the-cuff question that we hadn't planned, but Shara, I guess, uh, felt called to ask in that moment. And mm. I was pretty excited about that question because, of course, it's the name of our podcast. <laughs> and um, wonder where I got that idea. Where did I get that idea from? That yeah, question. and and it's also, um, you know, if I had to say one of the biggest things I've taken out of my personal study with Shara. So you may all know that I first came to Shara for her to be an Ayurvedic consultant to me in my mm. journey, and then as a teacher in the. Um, in the program that you run for Ayurveda for yoga teachers and so mm. forth. And, you know, my biggest sort of one takeout, if I had to sort of delineate or distill it all down to one takeout is how important it is to consciously live like you love yourself mm. and not for yourself, but in fact, for everybody else around you. Yeah. And um, so uh, as a result of that happening in our conversation with Maya, we, we've kind of decided that we're going to finish each of our podcast conversations with our guests with that question. And we thought that might be fun as a way to perhaps give you um, inspiration or information or validation about what you're doing to live like you love yourself. Yeah. So, Mishara, given that yes. we've sort of set the scene for where we are at the moment in the world, um, and if I may just add on to the fact that you've also moved house, you've also moved state, mm. and you've also said farewell to your two beautiful children who've headed off to university. Yeah. So, big time of transition. Very. In this crazy world, what are you doing to live like you love yourself? <laughs> Uh, and we're in the middle of a seasonal transition as well. So that's, it's a, it's a big time of transition. So thank you for asking that. And so, and for so beautifully uh, setting, setting that up too. So nice to sh what you shared with everyone around that. For me, I think, I think living like you love yourself is kind of a, in many ways is a part of the energy with which I live these days. It's a, it's a question that I'm, constantly in touch with and around the decisions and the choices that I make right now it I feel the change I feel the um I feel the the spaces that are left by my children being gone and the space that is um that is this new space that I'm in and and this this sort of unfamiliarity with this space that's growing but or the, the familiarity is growing, but there's, there is this, this space of not quite being familiar. Um, and so in that space, I can tend to get a little panicky as we, as we can sometimes, as we can sometimes do when uncertainty kind of rules the roost. And so for me living like I love myself right now in this moment in time is a, is giving myself permission not to go there is, is being, is, is choosing to quietly be in the space uh, as opposed to panicking about the fact that there is space when I'm a person who likes to fill space. 
And how about you, my dear friend? You are also at an interesting turning point in your life, having had this major surgery, what, three, three, four weeks ago? Yeah, five. And five, five weeks ten. ago? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Five weeks yeah. ago and processing the changes to your body and this the process of healing as well. And so how are you living like you love yourself right now? I am, well, I have to uh, definitely start by saying, like you, I am so grateful for all my tools of yoga mm -hmm. um, because they are contributing to me, uh, uh, contributing to my healing process. But I see each of them as, uh, you know, practices that I've developed that are now gifts that I am drawing on, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, for example, I find when pain arises in my shoulder or my arm or my hand or my neck, which it does uh, minimum three times a day when I do my um, really difficult physio exercises that I have to do. Um, but sometimes, you know, just when I wake up in the morning because I've slept funny or whatever on, on my um, shoulder, I am finding chanting to be... Uh, working with chanting and with mantra to be really mm. helpful in terms of shifting the energy so there isn't such a focal point of the pain and being differently with the pain. Mm -hmm. um, definitely visualization, guided visualization work. I have some recordings I'm working with. Uh, and right from the beginning, from day two or three home from hospital, I started chair yoga. So, um, and and I can. I could tell you that it began with, you know, very simple one arm raises with my breath, you know, mm -hmm. but it has progressed now into incorporating standing poses and balance poses and so forth. Um, and so living like I love myself is using those for sure. So, so that's a sort of what I think of as being maybe at a more of a physical level, Anamaya Kosha, but mm. um, you know, on an emotional at an emotional level, it's been absolutely uh, fascinating and challenging to be in the witness of what's happening for me um, to experience such helplessness as I did for the first mm. uh, couple of weeks that I was home. I could do virtually nothing for myself uh, because your shoulder surgery is on my dominant side. Mm. Um, and also at times being so weak that I could almost, uh, in terms of energy level, let it, you know, like lifting a, a, a spoonful of rice to my mouth felt overwhelming, um, you know. So, so mm. really um, being dependent, fully dependent on my beautiful sister who came to help look after me and my amazing husband who uh, wins all sorts of gold medals for patients and <laughs> attentiveness. That's just usual, um, right? That's just normal. Yeah, right. Well, that'd be good. I mean, yes, of course it is. Um, yeah, so um, and at the same time, and I'll be really honest here, is even though these amazing people are doing these incredible things for me, mm -hmm. still my judging voice comes up, my controlling voice comes up, my critical voice comes up mm -hmm. and says, why aren't they doing it faster or why aren't they doing it better? Or And, and so I've just been, I've got the time and the space to really be in the witness of, of all of that process. And... Mm -hmm. Um, so one of my biggest tools that I've been using has been uh, working with the mantra, only loving kindness. Mm. And, and so that's 
you know, when pain arises, you know, I inhale gratitude and then I exhale only loving kindness to wherever the parts of my body are, I'm experiencing that discomfort. But when these thoughts arise, or the other thought that arises is I'm not doing my physio hard enough or well enough or enough repetitions or, you know, I'm being judgmental of my quote-unquote progress, mm. um, is, again, to notice that they're arising and then you know, work with a mantra, only loving kindness. Right. And, yeah, so that's what I'm really drawing on at the moment to live like I love myself mm. is this, you know, practice of only loving kindness. Thank you for that, for that vulnerability and, and for sharing that as well. You know, I think this is probably a question that we're going to have to come back to as well. <laughs> because very it changes. Basis. Yes, exactly. Just us. It's what, you know, what it looks like is going to change for us even on a daily basis or weekly or moment to moment or based on whatever is happening and, and you know, however we're resourced to, to, to deal with it. And I think that's a really important thing to to share with folks too is it it will change and there's I guess there's some beauty and power in allowing that you know and and being with that yeah I think not only um being with it allowing it but also being in um well I said I guess it's what you are it's you know observing the change and Um, and I want to use the word awe for some reason because, mm. you know, I, I think if we accept that we are in a constant state of change, then it's much easier to accept uh, that our reactions will be different and yeah. also that we have some agency over how we change too mm. and, um, and mm. that we can make those choices. Mm. Maybe that's a different topic. I'm not sure. Anyway. <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> say, well, then. <laughs> I will wish I will wish you a beautiful and continued um, transition through this this moment of your life and everyone who's listening I will wish you all beautiful and and empowered transitioning through this next this seasonal change which we're going through right now and throughout through whatever is happening in your life and hope that um I suppose, invite you to connect with what it might mean for you to live like you love yourself. So thank you, Lucy. Thank you. Yes. Until next time, my friend. Until next time. Blessings. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.